Have you ever felt like you're the one to blame for all the problems in the relationship? I is that. What is that called? In today's episode, I'm going to deconstruct a gaslighting experience highlighting the Darvo method. I'm Sarah Morales, and I'm the host of this podcast. Join me and my guest, Lauren, as we talk about Lauren's relationship with her ex. We'll get specific about a trip to the mountains and how that epitomized so many gaslighting experiences in Lauren's relationship with her ex. Before we do that, I would love to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the amazing guests or topics that we're going to cover. And now allow me to introduce you to my guest, Lauren. Lauren enjoys her life as a mom of three, school nurse, dear friend, little sister, black belt, yes, that's right, y'all, badass black belt, and all-around winner. She's experienced gaslighting in unhealthy relationships that, in the long run, serve to bring her back to herself in a big way. Thank you, Lauren, for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can't wait to introduce you to my listeners. So today, our word of the day is actually going to be an acronym. So you heard me say it just a minute ago, and it's called DARVO, which is D-A-R-V-O. Check out the show notes to see that and be able to Google it and do whatever you want to do with it later. But what that stands for is defend or deny, that's the D, attack reverse victim offender. And the main point about our word or phrase of the day is victim, right? Many people who do gaslighting behaviors are never the ones to blame for their behaviors, their choices, or even their feelings. It's your fault. It's their mom's fault. Heck, sometimes it's even the dog's fault, but never theirs. So Darvo, look it up, listen in today. You're going to get some great examples of what this sounds like, feels like, and you can begin to identify it in your relationships. So Lauren, let's go ahead and dig into your experience. So now I'm sure this is not the only person or relationship that you have experienced gaslighting in, but today we are focusing on one specific relationship. And who is that relationship with? With one of my ex-husbands. Okay. And how long were y'all together? About six years. Okay. That's a good bit of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about the main dynamic between you and your then husband. Meaning what, you know, when did you feel like the majority of the gaslighting experiences happened? What did that revolve around? Um, I Mostly it would revolve around... Um, me, like my feelings, if I approached him with my feelings and, and I actually went back and read some journal entries mm-hmm. kind of preparing for today. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, there's so much that I had forgotten, but even positive feelings, mm-hmm. um, would sometimes no. somehow be like, like, um, his, his words were that I was pushing him away. With your positive uh, feelings. Uh-huh. 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 Wow. Okay. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay. but um, but yeah, so it was it would be when I would share my feelings and it was most most it affected me the most um when those feelings when I was having a hard time um mm-hmm. and I needed connection. So the whole reason and motivation within myself to go to him with my feelings would mm-hmm. be so that he could understand, we could talk about it, he could know, and then through that process of sharing and reflecting and talking, that I would feel supported, understood, loved, yeah. connected with him. 
um, not right and him wrong, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel like he was with me. And so my motivation for that was that. And then, and that was usually what, what the gaslighting where, when it would occur was when I had something to share. Okay. And tell me a little bit about just in general, right? Before we get into your, your story about the, you know, going to the mountains and all that kind of good stuff, which I cannot wait to get into. Cause I, I mean, honestly, when I was preparing for this and going through the notes and, and doing your little flow chart here, um, it was like so many people are going to relate to this. Yeah. So many people are going to relate to your story, but before we get into the specific story, um, do you remember some of the kind of standard things that he would maybe say or do in response to you sharing your feelings? Um, yeah. So the do is, is first on my mind. Um, it was a lot of kind of cold shouldery behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would just be non-response. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily something that I could later go back and say, oh, that was a negative thing you said back to me. Right. Um, it was a lot of facial expressions um, okay. and body language and just not and just not engaging with me um, mm-hmm. when I would be kind of there ready to engage. So okay. it would definitely give me the cold shoulder um, mm-hmm. in terms of behavior. Um, and then things he would say, mm-hmm. um, like in response to whatever I would bring up, it would be like, you'll never be happy. You mm-hmm. are negative. You have the personality flaw of being negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing. It was, it, okay. he would tell me like, you're flawed uh, because you're negative and you're never going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard, right? When all we're trying to do is connect with our person, right? right? Which is a very yeah. normal, natural human thing, right? Like I'm thinking of uh, one of my friends and colleagues, MJ Dennis, who will talk about, oh, you're a normal girl, right? Like that's, you know, I love that lady. I know. I love that lady. Yeah. She's great. Um, And, you know, it just, that's what it occurs to me, right? Like you just wanting an inside note. This is where I get so irritated by people talking about um, codependency, right? And how one of my oh, beliefs yeah. is that codependency has been often mislabeled because actually what you're seeing is a response to gaslighting, right? Because right. you're wanting so desperately to be seen, loved, heard, connected with your person, with your parent, whoever it might which be, is which normal is normal. And healthy. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And then they're not, they're not meeting you. And what I loved about what you just pulled out there or pointed out there is that you know, so many times you, you know, I'll look on my Instagram feed, (laughs) hashtag gaslighting, and there'll be the list of things that people say, like typical gaslighting phrases, which are helpful, right? I actually use them in the, in the courses that I teach and things like that. But what you said and what I love, and it shows how much you've worked on this in your life is that it was actually the absence of what was said. And that's one of the things that can be really insidious, even not, not, not necessarily about the person, Right. But about the experience of gaslighting is because it's actually more about what you can't name right. than what you can name. Exactly. That yeah. causes the confusion, right? It causes that self-doubt, right? Um, yeah. So are there any other things that you can think of um, that your ex did, um, like you would categorize maybe things that he would say or do into like a certain category, if that makes sense? Um. Um, uh, what do you mean? Like more other things that he would do and say, or other, another category? 
like another category. Are there any other categories that are standing out to you right now? It's okay if not. Um, I, not that I can think of. Okay. I can think of another um, example. All of those, of both of those things. But. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you gave me some good stuff. So, one of the things that I would love to point out because I've got my notes in front of me. <laughs> that, you know, you gave me a lot of great stuff. So, um, one of the things that I read that he did quite a bit. Um, spoiler note: When I go to the deconstruction zone, um, will fall under basically kind of coercion, which mm -hmm. is you know, kind of like a feeling of blackmail almost, right? Like where if you do this, then I'll do this, or they hold yeah. something over you. Yeah. Um, so does that, when I mentioned that, does that stir up anything that you mentioned to me or that uh, happened yeah. in your relationship? Yeah. Um, so when we were working through like relationship problems that we had, um, it was, it always was seemed very important to him that I mean, one thing I would say is that he wanted to appear upstanding. Mm -hmm. Like that's a word that like he didn't use that word, but it was clear to me that it was important for his image, for his self-image to be that he was upstanding in the relationship, that okay. he had done everything that a good husband should do. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and so when we would have these conversations about what I needed and what he needed, um, it would come down to oftentimes well, if only Lauren, you would do X, Y, or Z, mm -hmm. then, I, then I could be able to, to give you what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would do X, Y, and Z. And Z, <laughs> um, right? You did all. Mm -hmm. I would do everything. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, and then it just, for, for whatever reason, it, it wouldn't have been right. And in fact, when mm -hmm. I did X, Y, and Z, I did the opposite of what he was really wanting me to do. It, it's, ah, it was, I mean, it was always okay. like, it was always turned around. So mm -hmm. when you said coercion or, or kind of this blackmail, like, I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but that's what mm -hmm. it would feel like where like, yeah. if only you do this, like, and, and yeah. what I never questioned at the time was mm -hmm. why do I have to, why is it dependent on me doing yes. this? Like, why is your ding, love ding, or ding, good ding. treatment of me dependent mm -hmm. on like this, this, or this? Like, mm -hmm. why do I have to do it? But I never asked that question. I yeah. just did what he wanted. Um, and then, yeah, you know, spoiler alert, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you already know that we're exes. Yes. But um, I think that the point in time where I realized that I was leaving him and that was absolutely the best thing for me to do was when I had exhausted all options. When I had mm -hmm. done A through B a few mm -hmm. times mm -hmm. and realized that no matter what I ever, ever, ever did, it was never going to be enough because the yeah. point wasn't that I do something, it was that he and be in the position of, of control and of yeah. having me do the thing. It didn't matter what yep. the thing was. Yep. What mattered was me trying to please him. Yeah. You know what that sounds, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of, like, I'm totally dating myself. Um, I'm thinking of Looney Tunes, the, the, um, the cartoon yeah. and yeah. where uh, inevitably, I, I think it was Bugs Bunny would be holding like a stick with a carrot dangled on the end. And I can't remember who he would do that to. You'd think it would be being done to him because he's the bunny, but I'm pretty sure he was doing it to somebody else. But regardless, that's what it makes me think of like that mm -hmm. dangling carrot, right? Mm -hmm. It's ever yeah. always out there in front of you. If you do this, if you, okay, well, you did that. Well, now I need you to do this. And okay, well now I changed my mind. I know I said this, but I really want you to do that. And it's, you're never actually getting the thing that is being promised because right. it's not actually about that. I love how you said it was actually about control, mm -hmm. right? And it can feel like that fucking dangling carrot. 
Totally. And then the anvil hits you while you're going for the carrot. <laughs> yes. Totally. Totally. <laughs> mixing cartoons, but yeah. <laughs> you know, probably just different characters in the cartoon. That was probably like Roadrunner in like Wile E. Coyote right there. Something like um, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for our like, like the, um trying to think of what, what the millennials are going to be like, what are they talking about? I don't even know. <laughs> That's okay. We love you millennials. We really, really do. Um, I'm not saying that sarcastically. I love my millennial friends. Okay. So what I'd love to do at this point, Lauren, is just allow you to share the main story, right? Um, I love what we've done so far. I'm sure a lot of people are going to connect to that, but I, I really want, I'm, I'm passionate about every episode that I have a guest on sharing one little story where it's, I just want to hear like the, he said, she said kind of thing. And because we long to see ourselves in other people's stories and experiences. So if you would please take the floor and tell me and our listeners a little bit about this experience that you had around the the mountain cabin, if you would. Sure. Um, so yeah, like when you asked me to, to kind of come up with a, a an example uh, or a story, I mean, I'm going to be honest at first, it was like really hard to do because mm-hmm. it's, it's more this feeling that was persistent and mm-hmm. it's hard, sometimes it's hard to describe. And I think that I, that, that would be one of the things I'd want to say to the listeners that are mm-hmm. wondering if this applies to them or trying to mm-hmm. figure out living in their own life is that it's okay if it's hard to describe, yep. you're not crazy. Um, no. and, and it's not, it's not your fault that it's hard to describe and that's part of how it works so well. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, in trying to think of an example, I remembered, um, this time where, I was, I don't even remember what I was asking or, or, or bringing to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that it was sharing feelings. It was some sort of need I had basically like telling him like how I needed love, you know, like in Mm -hmm. what ways I would like speak to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And anytime I would do that, he would have this way of explaining to me why I was withholding from him. and so this one time that's that's kind of easy to to lay out in a story form was, you know, I was doing that. I was basically asking him for love connection. Um, and he said, um, well, you you don't want to go to that cabin with me um, in the mountains, like so that he could mountain bike. And because you don't want to go, you're showing me that you don't want to spend time with me, which is my love language. So that makes me feel like you don't love me. Because since that's my, my love language, you know, it, it makes me pull away that you, you don't want to go mm-hmm. on this vacation to this cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my version of what, what that was all about was that when he booked the cabin, he did it without even asking me. Mm-hmm. And it was so that he could do a mountain bike race, which was awesome. Very supportive of his, yeah. you know. Activities. No problem with that. No problem with that at all. But mm-hmm. then I had this, I had three kids at the time. One of them was a breastfeeding infant. Um, and I was like, well, so th- where we were going was like rural. There's like not a lot to do, um, especially with three children. And even if there was something to do, like I can't handle all three with a breastfeeding baby on my own going to do mm-hmm. something. When you're mountain biking like all day long for a week in yeah. the mountains, like I was like, um, like 
I think you might have more fun if you go and like get that cabin with your biking buddies, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it'll be much easier for me to stay here alone with the kids than to stay there alone with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe that'll be your thing with your friends and then I can do something similar with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, it's like that didn't, it's like he could not see that perspective at all. Yeah. Yep. It would just, and then what, what he said was like something to the effect of like, well, like if, you know, if you were more competent, like you should be able to entertain them, mm-hmm. you know, like I could do it basically. Mm-hmm. Like he would, think, well, I, you know, well, I could do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was just interesting that like, especially now looking back on it, like, I feel like that's something that most parents could probably relate to. Like, huh, yeah. a vacation with three kids by myself with no help in an <laughs> no unfamiliar thanks. area. Like, no, I'm like, we're going to need a, a helping Hard hand. Pass. Yeah. Um, not to mention, like I was in desperate need of exercise myself. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, mm-hmm. it's still not, like fun to me. Um, yeah. And, and so that's, that's just kind of a clear example I can give of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very clear example. I mean, you know, I, I pulled out Darvo from that story. I'm like, you know, from all the wonderful things that Lauren gave me to work with here, like, what do I think stands out the most? And it's this thing of, you know, you're to blame about why um, I don't feel loved because you don't want to do things exactly the way that I want you to do them, regardless of how shitty of an experience it will be to you, yeah. <laughs> right? Like there's zero um, thought or consideration of the impact that that request would have on you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the ways that we can really identify this is when somebody, you know, we can get into our own kind of place of kind of almost excusing what they do by saying, well, they're just trying to ask for what they're trying to ask for. Mm -hmm. But what's lacking is again, any consideration Mm -hmm. of the impact of what their request will have on the person they're asking. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's, and then because you're not doing it, then it's your fault. You're, you know, yeah. well, what's wrong with you that you can't do what I want you to do, basically? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does that feel yeah. accurate? Oh, it's very accurate. And I mm-hmm. think that I think a, a good deal of the gaslighting I experienced or was part of in that relationship um, was was Darbo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, I think I even remember telling you about mm-hmm. telling you that when when, mm-hmm. when we were working together. Um, yeah. And um, I think that I was particularly susceptible to that method, mm-hmm. if you want to call it a method of gas. No, it's exactly what I call it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, and I, yeah, I think I was particularly susceptible because one of one of the things about me that I love is that I'm. Uh, always willing to see another person's side. I'm always kind of wanting to, like I'll meet you mm-hmm. more than halfway. And um, it's part of my personality. Mm-hmm. And I like that about myself, but I think it makes me particularly vulnerable to the Darbo method because as soon mm-hmm. as it's pointed out that I might be part of the problem, I'm willing to say, yeah, sure. I might be part of the problem. Let yeah. me do what I can to fix it. Yep. And that's this wonderful, amazing quality that's yeah. you know, conscientious. And yeah. um, I, I love it about myself, but it it, mm-hmm. it got me into trouble when yep. it would kind of cloud my ability to see like how clearly like my needs were just completely being ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, then I was being blamed for what he 
was doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I love what you just said there. And, you know, for the listeners, I, um, what I want to let you know is after I'm done, you know, having this little kind of interview with Lauren about her story and her experience, we're going to move into the deconstruction zone. And when we do that, I'm going to actually talk about the risks and what made her susceptible to this particular type of gaslighting, which is (laughs) exactly what you just said. I love it when I'm talking with somebody who's been working on this for a while, because they, I mean, it's a little bit like stealing my thunder, but not really. (laughs) I love it so much. No, I mean, because this is this is my passion. This is part of why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to help people get to where you are, where you're like, I love that about me. I love that this is something that I have. And if I'm not careful, it can make me vulnerable to gaslighting. That's the balance. We don't ignore that. It makes us vulnerable. We also don't change ourselves. We just know that this is a particular vulnerability. So I better pay attention to it. And especially my gut right around that. Okay. So, but before we get to that, let's finish off by talking a little bit about some of the things um, that weren't necessarily about your ex's behaviors, but some of the effects that this had on you, right? Like um, steal a little bit of your thunder. I'm going to turn around and do you the favor and steal a little (laughs) bit of your thunder by saying, I know in, in the notes that you sent me, you talked about how, you know, when you met your ex, you know, you were this super confident person who was like, I'm a badass. Like, look at me and all of these things. And I know that that deteriorated over time because of the gaslighting. But, you know, expound on that, if you would. Like, what, what are some of the more specific things, feelings and thoughts that were something that were kind of like, you know, I'm thinking of that song, I'll play it on repeat. <laughs> like We end up playing these things on repeat in our head, yeah. trying to make sense of why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? Why can't I get out of this place? Well, it's because of the gaslighting. Yeah. What was your particular kind of record? Sure. Different feelings and thoughts. Oh, man. Um, well, I was completely incompetent. Um, mm. Like, literally, I couldn't, like, pack a kid's lunch, right? Mm. Um, and I was... Um, not interesting Mm. uh, and not very capable and definitely Mm. not intelligent. Um, That's where I was. Like, that's the place where I was at. Like that was what was circling in my head was like Mm -hmm. that I was an ineffectual person Mm -hmm. um, that I, um, that I basically caused all the problems in my own life that like I was the source of all of my own problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And What's so that's that's kind of the record that would play, and it was mostly mm-hmm. around like my capability that like mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything alone. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, and in, in a, a, you know, t- yes, it was definitely part of the gaslighting, and I remember mm-hmm. it being really clear one day when he explained to me how to chop carrots better. Oh, okay. yeah, and I remember that kind of kind of jarring me out of it and helping mm-hmm. me realize this is why I feel like I can't do anything right. It's because everything I do is criticized, Mm. including cutting up some carrots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember I I spoke up for myself that day and Mm. was like, 
I am a grown up. Those are my friends. I am a grown up. Right. I can shop carrots however the fuck I want to. <laughs> right. Is that mm-hmm. like the battle I'm going to yeah. choose with me? How I'm cutting yeah. carrots? Anyway, so yeah. that's where I was. And it was a very, my self esteem was just, just on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was confusing to me because that's not who, that's not how I had been my whole life. Um, you know, yeah, of course, just like everybody, I think I'd had ups and downs with self-esteem and we all go through it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it didn't define, it didn't describe who Lauren had been her whole life. Yeah. It was really kind of confusing. Um, and it wasn't until I was able to deconstruct mm-hmm. a lot of the gaslighting that was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and even then, even after deconstructing it, um, which it never, you don't think you ever really finish, I think this process, like, yeah. I mean, layers yeah, walk, sure. but um even after having done that you know it, it's not like I immediately had had confidence again mm-hmm. it took a long time to build it back but mm-hmm. but now like, one of the things I'd said in my notes to you um is that it's a lot easier for me to actually look back before I met him mm-hmm. uh, and see that like when I met him was one of mm-hmm. like one of the most confident times I'd ever been in my life and I was mm-hmm. I was taking charge of my life in new ways and I was really growing and Really brave. I mean, I am one of the bravest people you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, just brave, strong, independent, mm-hmm. and um, and caring all all at the same time. And that's who I was when we got together. Mm-hmm. And it was really fascinating to me when I realized that to see like, okay, I was this like I was on fire with confidence. Mm-hmm. And then, but like now that now that I'm with this person that I wanted to be with so bad, mm-hmm. like how did this happen? Like how did yeah. I go from that to like just feeling like I'm not capable of of daily tasks? Like I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm capable of it. Um, and you know the answer is the gaslighting. And and I think one thing about it like is that was important for me to understand. And I think professionals helped me. You know get mm-hmm. understand this concept was that I was desirable to him because of that confidence, you know, yep. like I was, I was a prize to win. Yep. Um, and, and, but then when I was his partner or equal, it was very threatening. Yeah. Um, and that in order to feel safer, and this is where I come around to like, I don't think he is a bad guy. I don't think he's a monster. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, I was threatening to him and to, to, to stop that feeling he couldn't tolerate mm-hmm. he did whatever he could to make me feel, you know, to, to kind of shut me down. Yeah. Uh, and that's himself what it kind of one up. Yeah. It was about mm-hmm. him feeling safer in the relationship okay. and for him to feel safer. He needed me to not have power. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the listeners that I know um, will re- really resonate with that. They're like, I'm powerful. I have magic, like all of these types of things. And, you know, like they had to dim my light in order, like they both wanted it, but once they had it, wanted to dim it because it was almost not too much in the negative way, but too much for them, right? right? Because of their insecurities, because of their fears, because of whatever their reasons are, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, I'm curious for you going back to the love where you are now, but going back to when things were where they were with what we're talking about in these examples, how did a typical situation end, right? Like he's gaslit. You're trying to get your needs met, ask for things, 
et cetera, et cetera. He's gaslighting you, right? Like telling you why you're wrong and why you're to blame and how you don't meet his needs. All he's going to, so how would it end? Um, I think it would usually end when I would agree to do X, Y, or Z better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, we talked about that. Like it would end with that, that bargain okay. where if I would do X, Y, or Z, then mm-hmm. we could come back and revisit whether he could do what I was asking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, go ahead. So yeah, I mean, it would end with really essentially with me giving in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was always me giving in with the hope of like, right. I wouldn't just give in. I'm, I, even at my lowest, <laughs> like I'm not going to just give in, but right. I would give in with the hope of mm-hmm. it'll get better mm-hmm. because I'll do better. Mm-hmm. And then and if I, I, because I can, I can do better. I can always do better. Yep. So I would say like, okay, like if only I do better, mm-hmm. then I'll get what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, here we go. I'll try again. I'll do better next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love in the notes, you know, one of the things that you're aware of, again, um, one of the, my favorite quotes or one-liners from my first episode is like, you know, there was my impression of what was happening then. And there's my impression of what was happening now, right? Like with all of this knowledge that I've learned and everything. Um, And I, I, you know, I loved when you were talking to me about how, you know, I was always doing all of this stuff and, you know, it was framed as a compromise, right? Like, okay, well, if you do X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera, the compromises, you know, I'll do this, but then he would never do his part. Right. (laughs) Right. And it's kind of like, we're so focused and we're going to talk about this and the risks and vulnerabilities on us being a better version, a better partner, mom, whatever, um, that we we kind of don't see the big picture that, okay, that they're not reciprocating. <laughs> they're not also trying to do the things, right? Um, so. Well, and also, I just want to mm, say, yeah, like, it's not just about, like, like, I think I had said, you know, it, what didn't occur to me then was, why do I have to do X first? Yes. Why can't you do X, Y, or Z first? And then we'll talk, you know? Yeah. Like, why? At least and some why of the it, times, right? What's that? At least some of the times. Yeah, exactly. Why is it always yeah. this direction? And also, yes. like, the things I'm asking for aren't big. I'm just asking you to, like, be compassionate. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm not asking right. for you to, like, buy, build me a house or buy me a Like, I'm asking for, like, some tenderness. Right. But first, I have to earn it. And I think that that's the yes. thing is, like, in relationships I've experienced in my whole life, both romantic mm-hmm. and just in families and mm-hmm. romantic relationships I've experienced since my mm-hmm. ex, where I don't have to do anything to earn <laughs> their compassion and their love and their respect. Yeah. Like I don't have to do a damn thing to earn it. Yeah, I have it because, because I am, and I am in a relationship with them yeah. and there's not this back and forth negotiation or compromise for some basic respect. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So I know that you said one of the things for you that really kind of helped, um, I think the term was wake you up. I'm not sure if that's exactly what you said, but to kind of like jar you out of this numbness that does come as an effect of gaslighting was just like one, the carrots, but you know, some of these things where it was like, wow, like this is so, what I'm asking for here is so little or, you know, those types of things. But again, what I found interesting and is where you communicated to me that you became aware of a pattern mm-hmm. 
right? And what, what do you now see that that pattern was that you needed to break in order to get to a place of clarity? It was like I was begging for scraps of love, you know? It was like I just needed his love so bad. Um, it's like the more I wouldn't get it, the more I would need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think I began it, that began to turn around. Like, so I, I began to understand that I was never, I needed to accept if I was going to stay with him, that I might not ever get love the way I, the way I needed it, mm-hmm. the, you know, the way I defined it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to stay with him, I would maybe have to accept that fact. Um, mm-hmm. and then I had to realize like, well, if I don't get, you know, if I, wait a minute, <laughs> if I'm not getting love the way I define <laughs> it, minute. what am I doing here? Like, yes. wait a second, like why this doesn't make sense, you Hold know, up. like, <laughs> yeah. um, and so, yeah, I mean, like I, yeah, it was a pattern of me begging for love yeah. and then I would get, that's the thing about it is that I would get, I would get a, I would get scraps. Right. Scraps. And then it, yeah, we, and then the mm-hmm. scrap was like, oh, there, that is proof that he loves me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like in between all of these times that I'm like describing, like he would adore me, mm-hmm. adore for like mm-hmm. five minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, dangling yeah, carrot. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. going to be the phrase from this episode. Very <laughs> dangling yeah. carrot. <laughs> dangling carrots that I don't know how to chop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, so perfect. That's <laughs> so fantastic. Well, is there anything else that you feel like uh, you want to communicate that you feel would be something that you haven't already said that, that you think, you know, I would love for your listener Sarah to just know this about my story as well, know this about my experience. Yeah, there's two things I can think of. So okay. One is I just want to, even if it means giving like another example, like it became, it would become really clear that what I was saying was being turned around on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like in looking back on my journaling, that was like years ago, mm-hmm. um, I found some super clear examples of like where, so like a good, a good example is I would say to him at some point, I told him, I, I don't feel like I can tell you how I feel because then I feel like I'm going to get punished. Mm. And his response was that I mistreat him and that he walks on eggshells for me. Mm. And that was in response to me saying, you, you punish me mm-hmm. when I share my feelings. Mm-hmm. So like almost everything I would say to him in my journaling, when I went and looked back, mm-hmm. it was like, he would reflect back to me. It's Darvo, but he would reflect back to me how I was doing that to him. Yeah. And it would be hidden just enough that Mm -hmm. I didn't, it wasn't like he just said, no, you do that to me. Mm -hmm. It was like hidden in this story that, and here's the other thing I want to say is that like, he somehow would build a case that I would like kind of believe or follow. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. he somehow could build a case that I would be like, well, that's logical. Yeah. it was like the opposite of my experience. It was like Mm -hmm. the direct opposite of my perception an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just want to make sure like, like that, that was a really important thing was to realize that every time I had feedback or a complaint, the exact complaint was turned around back on me. Yep. Um, and then the other thing, like I tell my children this with regard to like abuse, 
um, mm-hmm. is that sometimes it's not, most of the time, in fact, it's not obvious. It's not like mm-hmm. clear as day. Mm-hmm. It just feels weird. Mm-hmm. And so, like one of the things I've taught my children is if it feels weird, like if a grown up is behaving in a way that feels weird to you, then it is weird. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And if it feels scary, it is scary. Mm-hmm. You know, if it feels bad or dangerous or against the rules, or if it feels a way, it, then it mm-hmm. is that. So mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing is just trust, trusting how you feel about the situation, even if it's hard to describe. Yeah. Like, let's start with that. <laughs> how do you start feel? with that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Feels like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Lauren. And I'm sure that's going to mean a lot to a lot of the listeners. So uh, what I'd love to do at this point is move into what I call the deconstruction zone, right? So if I'm about deconstructing and helping y'all name the different moving parts. So we gave you lots of examples. We talked about feelings. We talked about things that Lauren's ex did, all of these kinds of things. But what what do we put them under, right? Like, how do we begin to name what these things are? And so again, I'm not going to, there were lots of things that I pulled out from the stuff that Lauren sent me. Um, and I'm just going to focus on a few of them today. And, um, I'm going to start by talking about the kind of flow chart, if you will, that centers around your ex's behaviors and the method, you're like, I don't know if you call it a method. Yes, I call it a method. The method of DARVO, right? Which again is defender, deny, attack, reverse, victim, offender. And the way that you, so pause. If you haven't listened to my previous episode, I talk about how gaslighting is gaslighting, just like water is water, but water presents one way when it's frozen, another way when it's been boiled, another way when it's coming out of the tap, right? So um, DARVO can be experienced in lots of different ways, right? In this particular example, especially with a lot of the things, the consistent themes Um, that we see in Lauren's experience, there were a few things that stood out to me. And number one was that um, her ex did DARVO, right? Redirected things um, through diversion, right? So diversion is pointing something else to somewhere else. Like it's not about me, it's about you. By ignoring the reality, that's what we call it, as he ignored her feelings, right? Um, Her requests for good, healthy things like love, affection. What what did you say earlier? Tenderness, Mm -hmm. right? As she was asking for these things, he basically ignored it. We wouldn't say no outright. He would just give you the cold shoulder, as you said, right? Mm -hmm. That is a form of diversion, right? Um, As well as making things be about you by highlighting your flaws. You can't cut carrots, right? Like (laughs) if I can combine these things, right? All of these things you can't do um, is going to cause me to be able to say over here, well, you know, yeah, you're saying this about me, but you're all of these things. So that's diversion, right? And also through invalidating her needs and feelings saying, well, you know, you should be happy because of A, B, and C, or you shouldn't feel this way because of A, B, and C. Um, or X, Y, and Z, as I <laughs> like to say. Right. So diversion was one of the main tactics that I pulled out. I also feel like one of the things that she experienced over and over in their relationship um, was coercion. We talked about it earlier, right? And I actually thought that in this case, sometimes we'll see different tactics and different techniques overlap in one experience, right? So and I think in a lot of your experiences, I see a combination of what I teach as undermining, 
right? And so that's that belittling. That's again, that carrot example is a perfect one. I mean, how small does that make you feel, right? Like, I love that your response is, I'm not fucking at all. Like, don't tell me how to cut carrots, right? Like, I can, I'm competent. Like, it's, it's undermining of your, um, what's the word? Independence, your self-trust. It's completely undermining, right? So that combination of the undermining um, and the coercion fact by overstating his needs mm-hmm. and minimizing yours or your attempts, right? Like, well, you're not meeting my needs because all of these things, you fulfilling X, Y, and Z perfectly is not enough. You also have to f- fulfill X, Y, and Z when I change it the next day, right? Like, yeah. Overstating his needs minimizing yours, holding that dangling carrot is coercion, right? Um, All while punishing you by withdrawing and giving you the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. That's a form of undermining as well. Like, again, it's this thing of if you don't do things the way that I want to, that's what coercion is, right? Coercion at its simplest boiled down kind of thing is a threat, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not usually a physical threat. Like you said, it's a threat of if you don't do what I want, I'm not going to give you what you want. Uh Right. So if you don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm not going to give you the love and tenderness and affection that you want. Well, and yeah, and I'm not going to deserve it. That was kind of the, it's yes. like, if you don't do this, then you don't deserve for me to do that. Yes. Yeah. That's that diversion part, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not giving you what you want, not because I'm an asshole, but because right. <laughs> diversion, right? Exactly. That's that Darvo, please. I'm not going to take responsibility for the fact of my lack of all of these things. I'm going to do all of these things over here. And then on top of it, I'm going to divert the attention mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Does that sound pretty accurate of like, if I were oh. to try to boil down. Yeah. It sounds like a description of what yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So side note, um, I teach about five different types of roles that people can kind of slide into and out of, um, when they're doing gaslighting behaviors and, <laughs> I, I believe your ex did all but one. And I think the only one that he didn't do um, was, let me see. Oh, uh, and maybe he did, but I feel like it wasn't enough to be this, but is the romancer, um, which, which I is. I think he tried. He just wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right. So he, I, I do believe he fell into all of the other four, which I'm yeah. not going to necessarily go into for today, yeah. but yeah. just as a side note for your interest. So, um, so that part's the easy part. Now, this is where um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of, this is something that Lauren didn't get to prepare for and my guests won't get to prepare for because they're going to send me stuff. And then in my little office with my little geeky nerd glasses on, I'm going to like <laughs> try my best, right? Because I'm not inside their heads. They're not giving me this information. I'm going to try my best to figure out what I think their vulnerabilities are, what their risks and vulnerabilities are, right? So you kind of did a, you know, steal my thunder thing, but this is what I came up with from listening to the things that you um, are reading, the things that you sent in to me is that I feel that that pretty much, and this is normal, by the way, (laughs) normal. I feel like you pretty much fell into all four traps. So I teach about four different traps. I do think, however, your main two traps were the um, explanation trap and the negotiation trap. Okay. And this is how that would sound. Okay. Okay. Um, When you combine having the, I don't know that you said this, this more comes from me knowing you and having coached you many, many years ago, um, is that I think, tell me if I'm off, off on this, but I think you tend to have a hard time acknowledging when people are treating you badly. At least you used to, 
Correct. Okay. So when you combine that with this thing that you stated, which is a good, great quality, I'm willing to work on myself. What we tend to do in relationships where there's not reciprocity and different things like that is we tend to blame ourselves. It's that self gaslighting piece because if I am the thing that is wrong, I can fix it. So I have a hard time saying you're doing something bad, but I have an easy time saying I'm doing something bad. So therefore I can fix it. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. comes from again, that normal, natural, healthy thing of I just want a good relationship. Right. It's not trying to take over control of somebody else's life. It's it's coming from a desperation of I want something healthy and mutually fulfilling. And if if I can just up my game. Yeah. But we have to realize that people can take advantage of that. So that beautiful, wonderful, amazing gift and way of viewing the world, we have to protect it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So that to me and how that goes into the explanation and the negotiation trap, the negotiation isn't with the other person. A lot of people, when they hear negotiation trap, they think I'm not trying to necessarily negotiate. That's not my focus. It's negotiating with ourselves. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's usually combined with like some concessions, right? Like I know I'm working my, my butt off, but I can work harder. Yeah. Right. Or um, that, that concessions to me also went into the explanation trap for you, which is he just, you know, he's just doing the best he can, or he does love me. It's just not the way I need it to be. Right. So it's kind of lowering our bar. We talk around in my groups and we talk about, you know, what we do in relationships, especially as women, not only as women, but especially as women is it's like we're playing limbo and how low can you go, right? (laughs) Working on getting more and more flexible so we can go lower and lower in our bar, Uh right? Um, and so that can go into that. Well, I can explain why he's treating me this way, or I can explain why it's not enough. And we stay stuck in our head, Mm -hmm. right? And we're not paying attention to, okay, well, I can understand why he's treating me this way. And when I also settle into my heart, I realize that it really hurts, Mm -hmm. even if I can understand why. Right. Right. But the trap is getting, getting stuck in our head. Right. Yeah. And so that's what makes us vulnerable to the gaslighting. So there was a bit more, but to me, those were a couple of the big highlights um, that I think are probably the things that make you the most vulnerable uh-huh. um, to other people's gaslighting. Does that resonate with you? Do you feel like I hit it on the head or did I miss something? Yeah. No, totally. And I mean, it, it kind of occurred to me when you were talking about like, you know, the combination of not recognizing mistreatment, working on myself and that, that negotiation with myself. It's like, it's interesting because I think, I think not wanting to admit that or, or not wanting to focus on the other person's part of it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe unconsciously it's because if, if it's me, like you said, if it's me, mm-hmm. I can fix it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like not wanting to admit that I don't have control over what the other person does. <laughs> and it's like, but, but I'll do more and that'll mm-hmm. fix it. And, and yeah, and it's just wanting to, because I want things to be better. So yeah. that, that was definitely on the head and then, yeah, explanation. Yeah. I, like mm-hmm. I feel the need to explain myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also explain the other person, right? Again, mm-hmm. it's because if we can understand why they're doing something, that's a little bit of the empathy trap too. Right. right. Then maybe I can give them, I can, you know, give them more chances, mm-hmm. like more and more chances <laughs> to do better. Yeah. Right. Um, because again, we get, 
if you think of the traps kind of sucking us into places, we're supposed to function with our head and our heart and our gut all in alignment. Mm -hmm. And often what the traps do is keep us in just one place. And then how that's gaslighting is we're not paying attention to the other parts of ourselves, where if we were, we would likely think or feel or make different decisions. Totally. Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad you had an aha moment in there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Right. Because I think it's important for us to say, Hey, listen, right. Like I'm willing to do the work, but you have to show up too. Uh-huh. You have to show up too. This yeah. is, you know, it's a partnership, not a single sided. I'm going to carry you on my, on my back. Right. Like Hercules or whatever. So, um, well, what I want to shift into now, um, that we did a little bit of deconstructing there is my set your alarm phase of the podcast. So listeners today, my big takeaway for you to set your alarm and to wake more and more up or stay awake is to look out for Darvo. Okay, that's the big takeaway today. And the key here, we've mentioned it a number of times, is imbalance. Okay, so we're not saying that you should never be at fault. Sometimes every single one of us, including me, are at fault for doing something, right? But we're looking at imbalance, right? If the other person is pretty much never taking responsibility for things or someone else is always to blame, Um, if they're the ones that are always painting themselves as the victim, in fact, when I was early on in my, in my healing and learning about my own relationship, I remember one of my, my dearest friends sending me a little meme that was like one of those chalk outlines of like when somebody like a murder kind of thing from like a CSI show or something like that. And, um, the, the meme said, your ex is so good at playing the victim. He must carry his own chalk. (laughs) Right. When there's, when, when they're playing the victim, everything like the bad stuff always only happens to them, right? That's another way where you're looking out and you might be able to start recognizing that Darvo is happening. Okay. So this isn't something that we want to necessarily use so that we can point it out to the other person, or it's a foregone conclusion that that's what they're doing. My tips and my tools are here that I'm trying to give to you are to help you are to help you live in a place where you're living awake. And to me, what that means in this kind of a scenario, when you think you're experiencing Darvo, is just slow down. Slow down a little bit, check in with yourself and get curious. Get curious about yourself. What is my head saying? What is my heart saying? What is my gut saying? What am I hearing from them? Can I name the different parts of Darvo? Right, just slow down and get curious, right? So uh, thank you, Lauren, for joining me today. It's been a blast going through this stuff and you've had so much great stuff to share with our listeners. And I love your examples. Again, I just know it's going to be so relatable for so many people. Yeah, I get, I hope so. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. This is, Ab- this is great. Absolutely. And to you, my listeners, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Again, if you liked it, please leave a review. I'd love to hear what you're thinking and how it's impacting you and uh, subscribe. And again, if you believe that you think there are other people that you know who would benefit from hearing these things and being able to begin to recognize different gaslighting things, please share it. And then remember, it's not about being who you want to be. It's about awakening all that you already are. 
And yet again, once today, if you haven't listened to this all the way through, I I'll, would encourage you to do so. This song by Wendy Child called Today is the anthem for this podcast. We got stars 